Welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. Coach Deep here with Scotty. Nick unable to make it because of dinner plans. Scott, I don't know if he's running away from that one and nine week we had prior to the international break, but we are here to talk some big matches, both in Serie A and the Premier League. We're going to focus on, of course, Inter, Juve, and City, Liverpool, your squad with a real big one this week. I mean, but there's there's big matches all over the map this week. You've got Newcastle, Chelsea, you've got Villa Spurs in the Premier League, Serie A, you've got Milan, Fiorentina, Atalanta, Napoli. So there's there's plenty of great action on this holiday weekend here in the U.S. If you're listening stateside, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We get a nice long weekend. Football usually takes center stage, but come the weekend, especially Saturday, a lot of great European football on the docket. And Scott and I are here to get it all to you. So, Scotty, I know you and Nick did, uh, you know, kind of a, a buy and sell last week with Johnny of Interviews podcast to kind of fill the international break void. It feels so long ago uh, since the last time all these teams played domestically. Uh, it's not even two weeks, though, since the last match. It's, it just feels like forever during the international breaks. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel a little bit out of touch, but I'm, I'm glad to have club football back this week on about you. Yeah, I mean, the break did come at a good time because we were cooking. And then we had the wheels fall off a bit, hit one that hit the one and nine week. Um, so in that sense, not a not a bad time for a little bit of a, pro, uh, a pause, kind of get our, our feet back underneath ourselves. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean... It, it is unfortunate that this holiday week for us from at least our standpoint is, is the week where the, all these big matches are coming up. Because like you said, in the States, we have, you know, all the, the NFL games, we've got feast week with college basketball. It, it feels like it's just a, an impossibly crowded calendar of, of, of games, but certainly ones that I'm going to make all my effort to, to watch because they're all going to be worth it. And, you know, especially with my, my Liverpool taking on city. Yeah, as you sit there in like the turkey coma for a couple days, too much turkey, mashed potatoes, and all, all the stuffing and other fixings there. Uh, it's a perfect weekend here in the States to sit around, watch sports, even have some great college football matchups. Of course, Michigan, Ohio State, and all that. So it is a busy, busy weekend for sports fans. Uh, hopefully our wives will let us get away with watching as much of it as we can. But let's jump right into it. We'll start in the Premier League with your side because this is a side you know so well. It's Liverpool and Man City. Uh, this is in, at Anfield, correct? Or is it? At, uh, it no, it's it's, it at at, at the it's at the Etihad. It's at the Etihad. At the Etihad, which is why City is a fairly large favorite at minus one forty-five. Liverpool plus three thirty, which is also the same as the draw line, also plus three thirty. The over/under is set at three and a half. Scott plus one twenty. The under minus one sixty at under three and a half. Tell us what what you're seeing here. I mean, you're the you're the guy that knows the Premier League, and especially Liverpool, the best. I mean. It's a huge number on your boys. Yeah, and, and I think maybe before I even get into that, I'll set the stage a little bit because, you know, we, we did do that uh, by our cell last week and trying to understand, like, you know, one of the questions was, is this really a, a year where the field takes out the title from City, uh, with City being so dominant the last couple seasons? And I think the, the fun part about this matchup is it, is it really feels like, you know, after Liverpool's pretty, you know, mediocre season last year, they're back to fighting form and, and being able to challenge the city team because realistically over the last five or six years, they're the only team that has consistently put up uh, a, a decent, you know, title fight with city. And, and if had it not been for them, you know, the premier league would have been a walk for, for Pep Guardiola and his squad. So I think it, this is a kind of a sign of, Hey, maybe Liverpool's back and, in the uh, you know the twilight years of the Klopp and Pep rivalry, we'll have some some entertaining matchups, you know, yet to come. 
and and I really think this match is going to go a long way in dictating who the title favorite will be, you know, through the at least the holiday period. Um, you know, both both clubs are you know within a point at this point. Um, you know, we've talked about Liverpool's schedule and, and and how it's been pretty difficult, you know, to start the season. I think it evens out a little bit going into December. City have had their own challenges. Obviously, De Bruyne comes back at probably the end of the year. So this actually has, I think, a a, a lot of opportunity behind it to be something that that sets the stage for the next, you know, two or three months. Um, so yeah, with that said, I mean, it's it's certainly a, 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 a as marquee a matchup as you'll get in, in November. With the odds being at what they are, um, I think there's a lot that can be said about how well City have been playing in the last like two weeks, two to three weeks. Um, I think they've been scoring um, three plus goals in, in, in at least their last three matches. Um, you know, Rodri coming back from suspension has certainly righted the ship a little bit. They had those two consecutive losses, which was like the first time it happened since 2018. Um, and I, I think it's a, a sign of maybe the books being a little uncertain about Liverpool's current mini injury crisis. You know, Andy Robertson, we know is going to miss out. Um, uh, Gavin Birch hurt his knee, uh, missed the game against, um, Brentford before, uh, the, the international break. So he may not be available, um, so yeah, I think it, it's, it's a little bit of a question in that sense, but what I've realized is, is, you know, when the books take a hard stance on this, it's, it's usually they're trying to get people to put money on Liverpool. Um, and that makes me nervous as a Liverpool fan. Yeah. I mean, it's always tough to go to the Etihad and win, you know, it, um, you know, the crowd's going to turn up, city's going to turn up, Pep's going to have his team ready, but Klopp will have his team ready too. And, and when I see plus three thirty and, 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 a a double chance line of plus 110, you know, giving Liverpool that half a goal. That That's a really intriguing number for me because I think Liverpool can go and get a result. We've seen a City side that has dropped three of nine, uh, 12 matches so far where they've dropped points, where if you get Liverpool on a double chance at plus 110, all, all you need is a draw. Um, it's going to have to be a scoring draw because there's no way you're holding City scoreless, and I don't think City's holding Liverpool scoreless, which is why the 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 number at the over is three and a half. Um, I think we will see goals. You know, I went to look at the the the, the goals line uh, or the, the the number for the total when I was looking for my locks, and I was like, oh, let me see, if, like if it's something playable, like even play maybe like over three and get a push at three goals. And I was like, nope, <laughs> not happening at three and a half. Right, I'm not going to bet over three and a half because you know I could see like a two one one way or another for sure, but. I'll make the case for Liverpool right now. You know, you guys know me. I'm usually pretty pessimistic on, on Liverpool in some of these big matches. I usually will come out and tell you, you know, why they have no chance. I'll, I'll tell you that it's a 7.30 a.m. kickoff where, you know, eight of Liverpool's uh, projected starting 11 are on a different continent playing for their national team yeah, right yeah. now. I, I, this sounds like what we heard last international break it's, from you, right? It's like it, it, it happens. With most South Americans. It happens every time. But I'll, I'll make the case for Liverpool because I know if Nick was here, he would be beating that into me. So I'll I'll take that that challenge. Salah right now is playing as well as he has in a Liverpool shirt. I mean, he he's scoring week in and week out. When he's not scoring, he's distributing. Um, him and Nunez have, have linked up. And I think Nunez has some sort of record right now where uh, seven of all seven of his assists so far for for Liverpool have come to just Mohamed Salah, which is the most under, you know, for one player. Um and, and you have to be really uh you know, emboldened as a Liverpool fan that, you know, this Salah is the Salah that we're used to seeing and that, you know, with the last couple of years left in his contract, he'll be able to continue to play at the level that 
we've expected because there was some concern last season that maybe he was a little bit on, you know, the back end of his career, obviously in his thirties, a player that is reliant on his speed as much as anything. Typically it's a combination to see a decline once he starts getting into, you know, deeper into his thirties, but this season he, he looks as good as he's ever has. And, and that's exactly what Liverpool need. If they're going to compete for the title, the midfield, it looks much better. Um, obviously against Brentford, you know, they didn't have most of their guys. Uh, McAllister's missing out because of a suspension. As I mentioned, Gravenberch was hurt. Um, but, you know, Soboslai has been maybe their player of the season. Um, and what they've found with some of the younger guys like Curtis Jones uh, is is certainly enough to, you know, fill in the gaps when needed when they, when they have some of the injuries that they've been dealing with. So I think there's a lot of good things going for them. Unfortunately, what we didn't get to talk about last week was maybe the match of the season so far in the Premier League, which is the 4-4 Chelsea City draw. And that raised a lot of eyebrows. You know, that was my, I, I called that my bet the mortgage lock of the century game because City did exactly what I thought they would do when they tore Chelsea apart. They scored four goals. If you told me City are scoring four goals in that match, or you told anybody that follows the Premier League City are scoring four goals, 99 out of 100 will tell them that they win that game. Right. So I, I, I'm thinking about that match. Like I would ask you, is that more of a concern for City or is that more of like an eye opener? Like Chelsea can finally put things together. Like to me, like great for Chelsea that they put up four. But at the same time, like if you're City, you, you conceded four to a team that has really struggled to score this year. Yeah. And, and I, I, we kind of talk about if there ever is some sort of Achilles heel with this Manchester City squad, it's it's their defense. I think Ruben Diaz has not been, you know, the anchor that he has been in recent seasons. Not that he's been playing poorly, but he he's not been playing at that elite level that we're used to. Um, they lost John Stones to injury. I know he's been kind of a, a key player for them in a in a very, you know, underspoken way, um, at, at least within the media and, and and online. But I think he's been a, a very solid contributor for them. Nathan Ake, I think, has been hurt. He's been playing a decent amount with them. Um, so I, they are dealing with some injuries and, and some downward or, 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 you know, below bar performances by, by their standards. The fact that they conceded, not that just, they conceded four goals to Chelsea, but they conceded four pretty clear cut chances and a, and a penalty. Um, I think that's the, the more concerning part because mm -hmm. uh, usually they, they kind of play in this like high possession, you know, we're going to bully the other team into playing, you know, behind the ball and, and, and keep them from, from really putting pressure on us. And they weren't really able to do that against Chelsea. So, I think that's probably the concern more than anything. If if you're you know a city fan, is four goals to Chelsea in the way that they conceded them looks like that could be a trend that could continue. Yeah, and and speaking of scoring, I'm, I'm looking at what those you know. Yes, the travel is going to be a lot for some of these South American players coming back to England, playing today on Tuesday, having to travel probably tomorrow Wednesday. They you know they probably train late on Thursday and Friday with with Liverpool. But I'm looking at Darwin Nunez scoring a brace today, um, obviously against one of the worst teams in South America and Bolivia. But that's a brace. Confidence high, right? Playing well. You have Luis Diaz. Yes. We saw what he did to Brazil the other day. He, at, at, as the current moment, I think it's through six matches played in, in the South American qualifying. He's the highest rated player uh, on SOFA score for average player rating through those six matches. And he's coming off that big brace to beat Brazil for Colombia, something that does not happen all that often. Um, I liked Colombia get, to get a result in that match. Did I expect them to come from behind and win 2-1 like that? No way, right? So Diaz is feeling good. Nunez is feeling good. I believe Zosbalai also had a, a role for Hungary the other day in their Scored two match. goals. 
scored yep. two goals also. So you have you have a front line and wingers that are like really feeling themselves right now. And I think that could really play into Liverpool's hands, especially when they see a city side that just could, and I say just, uh, you know, before the international break, conceded four times. And that's one of those things I think even if you're Liverpool and you do fall behind early, you're like, well, this team, they shipped four to Chelsea. So I think in that sense, we could see goals galore if, if uh, you know, somebody scores early because City's back line is vulnerable. And, and guess what? If Liverpool can find a way to score first, which we know over the last <laughs> never you know, like, right, over like the last two years of recording this show, I know it almost never happens, right? If they find a way to do that, they could be set up because then City's going to have to play a little bit out of their comfort zone maybe, and, and maybe they could find that second or third goal. But, you know, no matter which way it plays out with who scores first, I, I trust Liverpool to get it. I would say, I don't know what the team total over one and a half is, uh, that's something I want to look at real quick right now. We'll have the odds pulled up because team total for Liverpool plus 155. Like yeah. to me, that is almost something I'm going to play just because seeing how well Liverpool's attackers are in form right now. Uh, and then you see how city's defense has been a little bit shakier this year. That's almost a must bet for me. Even if it doesn't hit, you feel like I'm like, okay, if I bet it, nothing crazy, maybe a unit or something. And they don't score. I know for you it's different because it's your team. You don't want to well, like. Well, as I was gonna say, but doesn't that on, feel? Like, it feels too easy though, Coach. Right? Like there's it, something it there where like Vegas does not give you these free yeah. plus one fifty oh, winners. Like not. that's not a not. a thing. So like, what is I, it? I like, what are we missing? That, is it because of that city? Like they think City can maybe hold them to a goal because the over half goals minus three ten. So there's a huge jump from minus half goal to or over a half goal to over a goal and a half. Like, there's a huge jump there. Um, yeah. It, and, and it's one of those things I can live with betting that and losing it and Liverpool scores once or something and you don't hit. Because to me, at plus 155, like, it's almost a must play. Yeah. it. I get what you're saying. You know, I, I think if you're trying to, like, rationalize what the books are seeing, it's, hey, you know, two of the players that you just mentioned as being strong attackers are guys coming from South America who are going to be playing on short rest, who are probably going to play at most 60 minutes in this game. You're probably looking at a starting lineup of Salah, Jota, and probably Nunez. I could also see Klopp going with Gakpo just to give Nunez a little bit more rest and bringing him on in the second half. But and again, that's not to say anything bad about Jota, who's been unbelievable for Liverpool. So I, I'm not complaining about him starting. It's just you're not going to be seeing these dynamic players that typically can cause a lot of trouble for back lines, um, especially ones that are maybe reeling a little bit from a poor performance and, and you know, creating chance after chance to get you that, that mm -hmm. two goals. So uh, the other thing that I kind of want to point out is, you know, we talk about all these you know goal scoring threats for Liverpool. If you're looking at the goal score props. You know, Mohamed Salah is plus 210 anytime goal scorer. Mm -hmm. Darwin Nunez plus 260. Diego Jota plus 320. Um, Luis Diaz plus 330. Like it, those are huge numbers for a team that just conceded four goals. Yeah. So it doesn't add up. The, the books know something. It, it, it doesn't. And this is a game where like I, your initial idea was correct. Liverpool double chance in this fixture. It's going to be tightly contested. There's probably going to be five goals in this, maybe four. That is absolutely the number to take at plus 110. But it feels too easy. There's clearly something that the books have rationalized that I'm missing, which is why, you know, I'm down units on the season. <laughs> and I'm going to try to, like, learn from my mistakes here and say, like, maybe maybe that's 
valid. Like there's something that the books have here that is not clear to me. And I have to just trust that because they're not wrong very often, especially at a team total plus 155. Like that is not a mistake that they give away very often. It's not. And, and I've, you know, I've seen Roma have team totals like that this season. And, and, you know, I look at my own squad very closely and there's sometimes they're, they're in a match like it against Inter. I'm not going to take it. Right. But there were other times, and I can't remember which match off the top of my head, but I took it and, and it hit at a pretty decent number. And you're like, how could the books ever put a number out like that? And this to me is one of those situations where I, I love the shouts on the, the goal scorers, because even if City wins the match, if you pick the right Liverpool goal scorer, when you look at the starting lineup, you see, okay, Nunez is starting. Maybe I take a shot at Nunez at, I think you said, plus 260. Or I'm going to take a shot at Salah plus 210, because maybe he's the most rested of the guys who's coming back from international duty. Like, all it takes is one goal. They can go get blown out 3-1, and you can still hit a plus 210 and cover any loss that you might put on that double chance or something. Um, You know, goal score props are always a crapshoot because you never know who's going to be the one that puts the ball in the back of net. When I see numbers that are in the the mid-twos into the threes for for players of quality like that, it's worth a shot. Um, If you find one you like best, would I go and bet across the board? No, because you're you're probably going to lose two of the three, most likely. But... If you pick the right one or you pick two of the four guys who are starting in the in the attacking fast of the match for him, you might hit one and, and one of those hits more than covers the loss on the second and you still make money. Um, yeah. It's one way to look at it. But I, I love those goal score numbers. I love the the team total over one and a half now that, that we, we looked at that. I mean, I'm not saying Liverpool's going to win this match. I wouldn't bet my mortgage on like Liverpool money line or even draw no bet here. Um, maybe take a shot at double chance, but there's a lot of value in Liverpool's the way I'm looking at it. And, and it's, and it's, a, you look at the table, it's one point difference in the table and it's a city side that has drop points in three out of 12, which is what gives me some confidence betting something in the Liverpool favor here. Now, if you're someone who really loves city city's number isn't terrible either, right? What would we say? Minus 135 on the, the money line or minus 145. Minus 145. Yep. Like you could go minus 145. You could do that and parlay it with the over one and a half and get a pretty decent number probably if you think. Yeah, it's, city's it's minus 110, too. coach. Did you look there, at my doc? Okay. I did not. I, I actually <laughs> did not even look at that. But like that's one of those things. If you like City to win and you want a little more value, you, you figure it's going to be at least two goals in the match, right? Yeah, and, and, and maybe we'll wrap wrap up here and, and, and move on to the next one before we spoil yeah. too much. Before but I, spoiled, I will yeah. <laughs> I will I will conclude with this. I mean, listen, this is gonna be the, the match of, of the weekend for England and it'll probably be the match of the rest of the year in England. So you're probably gonna want to watch this game and you're probably gonna want to gamble on this game. Five of the last six mat, uh, meetings between these two clubs, we've seen at least four goals. Yeah, the goal scorer go. props as we just talked about, Liverpool are up all pretty attractive. Julian Alvarez plus one eighty. Phil Foden, plus 280. Um, Jeremy Doku, I'm a big fan of his, although he's on City, plus 320. The only guy I wouldn't take is, is Holland at minus 150, only because what I'm actually really excited to watch is, you know, Van Dyke has been back to his prime form, too. He's been uh, really, really strong again this season. Last season, obviously, with Holland's first year in the Premier League, Van Dyke wasn't himself. We didn't get to really see them match up at, you know, at their best. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, I think Van Dyke is, is ready to take on the, the challenge that is Erling Holland. I think that'll be a, a show within a show, um, if you will. So at minus 150, I'm not touching that just because I think Van Dyke is going to be taking that as like an ego challenge. But mm-hmm. certainly some of the other city goal scorers are, are 
decent value at, at the very least and, and worth mm-hmm. a shout in addition to the Liverpool guys we took. So I'd say pick two, one from each club, put some money down. If one hits, you're going to get your money back. And if both hits, you, you're going to have a great day while you watch a really fun match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think great advice there. And you don't have to go crazy with how much you wager. Just to, even if it's a half unit of player, like with those kind of payouts, you, you're going to make some, some money if you hit at least one of the two. Um, so you're looking at potential title, you know, contender matchup there in the Premier League. Obviously, there's a little more variability because Arsenal's in there and there's some other clubs in the mix still. In Italy, it's more starting to shape into a two-team race. Um, with Milan struggling a bit, we're now looking at Inter on 31 points heading into match day 13, and they are going to the Allianz Stadium to play Juventus, who is on 29 points. Milan has fallen off a bit down at 23, not played at 21. So this is really looking like it could turn into a two-horse race. Uh, and it, this is going to be a big one. I think if Juve goes and they get a win at home against Inter, it really, I think, established themselves as a true title contender this year after a down year last year and getting kicked out of Europe with the point deduction, all that that has swirled around Juve. Um, Allegri doing a really solid job with this side so far. Nine wins, two draws, and one loss. Inter, 10 wins, one draw, one loss. Both teams, very solid defenses. Neither team has given up uh, double-digit goals yet. The only two teams in the league that have given up less than double-digit goals. Inter's conceded 6-12. and 12, Juve's conceded 7-12. and 12. The, di- the biggest difference is really the goal scoring, uh, and which is something we talk about with Juve, right? They're not the most attack-minded team. They have 19 scores and 12, which is not terrible, um, but it is the lowest of any of the top seven clubs that are competing for European spots in terms of goals scored. Um, and Inter scored 29 times, league leaders in goals, uh, far and away. The next closest side is Napoli on 24. So contrasting styles a bit in terms of the attack, but in terms of the defense, solid both sides. So, Scott, what do you make of this one coming in? I mean, just to give those numbers real quick before you go, the, the odds are Juve at home plus 215, Inter as the road team plus 120, the draw is plus 220, and the over – Two and a half is plus 110. The under is minus 140. Really, are the books disrespecting Juve here at home? Or is this, you know, Juve's finally run into a team that can match them and maybe just overpower them? Yeah, I think uh, this line is kind of like a microcosm of the season for these two clubs. I think we've all talked about how Inter on paper are by and far the most talented and, and, and best team in Italy right now. And Mm-hmm. The line certainly reflects that. I think at the same time, we've talked about how Juve had a little bit of a slow start, but the way that they've come on, you know, we talk about making them our, our official, uh, made them our, our official prop or, or future, if you will, um, to win the league at maybe like two weeks ago when they're still like a like plus 250. Um, and so I think they're coming on, but maybe not quite there in time for the books to really even it out. So if I'm talking about value, I think obviously the value is with Juve right now. You know, talking money line at plus 215. The Drano bet, I think, is plus 110. So right around even money. And I think, you know, sometimes we say, what do the books see that we don't? I think this might be one of those times where it's like, hey, there's a trend going where, you know, Juve obviously on a, on a winning streak, you know, haven't dropped points in, you know, two months, it seems. Uh, and I think the books are catching up. They aren't quite there yet. So yeah, so just to interject real quick while you're on that about teams not dropping points, I should have thrown this in earlier. Juve's won five straight, Inter six straight, Juve no losses in seven, Inter no losses in nine. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think in that regard, like, you know, we know what we're going to expect from these two teams, right? Like it's going to be a tightly contested, you know, goals are coming at a premium. 
Um, I was just looking at it. I think in their their last six meetings, it's been two or few goal, uh, two or fewer goals in five of them. So mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at a lot of two O's, one O's, one ones. Um, you know, it's going to be the team that has that first goal is going to dictate the rest of the match, and it's usually going to be on their terms how they want it. So in that sense, I, I probably do give a little bit of an edge to Inter because we know, you know, they have the best striking duo up top. Um, you know, Latoro has been on fire. He's, he's been probably uh, man of the season. I don't know, player of the season. I don't know what they call he's, it. But. He's looking like the Capo Cagnetti for sure, the, the, the yeah. golden boot winner in Italy. I mean, the, the rate he's been scoring goals. And he's been, I, I it's been a couple of weeks since I've looked, but he was over overperforming his XG by like almost a two to one rate at, at one point. He was like 12 goals scored on like a, XG of like 6.5. It was something really, really absurd. And that's exactly the type of guy that you would want to pin your hopes on in a match like this. So that mm-hmm. is where Inter have the clear edge. But we talked about it, Nick and I, I talked about it last week. You know, Allegri seems to be doing a really good job with Juve. I mean, he does yeah. do a pretty good job, although he takes a lot of criticism at times. What he's been doing with them the last few months it's really encouraging. And that's the type of play like the Juve just finds ways to win. It's, it, it comes across as luck sometimes, but like some, like to me, if that happens enough, it's just clearly not luck. It's just really good management and, and tactics. Uh, so I think that is for me, is where I would put the edge. You're, you're getting good value with Juve. And I think if you're looking at like which team is going to be like the, the best drilled and, and ready to go, it's probably Juve in this one, especially at home. Yeah, I, I wish Nick was on for this because he said these were the two best managers in the league on mm-hmm. on Twitter this past week. And based on performances, their their teams are performing like the best too. I mean, I think arguments can be made for other managers that are maybe managing smaller clubs that are overperforming in their own right. Like Tiago Mota, I think is going to get some love this season. Maybe if, when Manager of the Year gets you know debated later on, if if Bologna can keep it up. But in terms of like who who's getting the most out of their sides, I mean, it's got to be these two. And I think you made a great point with whoever scores first because both these teams are in the habit of scoring first. Inter scored first in 10 out of their last 10, Juve in five of their last five. And that just shows that once they score, that lockdown defense that both teams possess really dictates the way the match will play out. I kind of see, I think Juve, and based on the way Allegri plays, because Juve's had less than two and a half goals in six out of seven. You mentioned in the seven out of eight of these Derby Italias, less than two and a half and seven out of eight. Uh, you read off some scorelines, a couple one nils, a couple one ones. Like it's those kind of scores that you tend to see. So first goal becomes huge. It becomes a huge thing. I think now I think Juve will not be as passive as not not passive, but as you know conservative as Roma was against Inter when they lost at the San Siro um, a couple weeks ago. It was a one nothing loss that Inter. It took them about seventy five minutes to break Roma down, um, but Roma had nothing going forward to to kind of combat that. I think Juve could have a little bit more going forward. I mean, he has looked pretty good for Italy this week. He scored a brace in, in the win against North Macedonia. Um, you know, he's kind of starting to find his form a little bit. I think they'll have a little bit more of a counterattack, but I think Allegri is going to look to concede possession and counter. I think I think that's the way they're probably going to look at it. I think Inter will control a little bit more of the possession. Um, but Lotaro, is, it, it, he could be the the kind of kingmaker in this match in terms of, of winning it because when you are performing over performing in, in so to speak in terms of like you're finishing like he has been like it this is the kind of match you might need a really really superb finish to beat either of these defenses i think it, it really could come yeah. down to that 
it's funny you mentioned that because it, I think, it, you know, we obviously we cover Premier League and Serie A the most on this podcast. And I think one of the biggest distinctions in how these two leagues are covered, you know, if you're talking about clubs in England, you'd be talking about this matchup of Lautaro versus Vlahovic, the two, you know, key strikers up top who's going to get the most amount of goals. In a weird way with with Italy, I think in, in Serie A, you're, you're almost looking at like the matchup of a Serbi versus Bremer, like two really strong center halves, like in the peak of their their playing careers. Um, you talk about someone who played well for Italy. I think a Serbi, I, I heard, had a, had a really good match against Ukraine. Um, and, and I think in a weird way, like it's going to come down to which of these guys is going to anchor their defense in the center of the of that you know final third the best and, the, and can really provide the yeah. cover for their goalie and, and, and distribute as well. Um, and, and so I, I think like that's almost like the matchup you have to look at. And, you know, as Serbia has been playing really well. I think Bremer has been playing pretty well, but maybe not quite as, as strong as, you know, we expect from previous seasons. So maybe that's like the difference maker there is, is you know, is Bremer going to be the guy that is not necessarily prone to a mistake, but prone to be the guy that, you know, has the, the laps or, or, or the, you know, misses is a half step behind um, that allows a, a clear cut chance. Yeah. And, um, it's going to be interesting too because Acherby has been really good. His one of his partners in that back three, Alessandro Bastoni, who tends to start with him on, on the Azuri too. He's out injured, so they lose him for this one. That is a, a bit of a loss um, on the back line, but they do have a solid back line. They have a, a solid defense overall. I think they could they could deal without him, but that's just something to keep an eye on as well. But those goal scorers, like it's hard to pick one goal scorer, but. Something you see in this one that you don't get a lot of value on Lautaro Martinez. And now plus 140 is not the greatest value for a goal score prop. Probably not something you, you're, you're going to take too often. Um, but it's the most bettable number we've seen on Martinez in a long time. I'm not saying I'm going to take it. I usually try to go a little bit higher um, of a number. But 140 is pretty solid for a guy like Martinez. If you think he is the difference maker in this match, that's a solid number. I would also look at Marcus Turan, plus 260, right? He's been pretty solid for... For Inter so far, he's been a really great addition for them. Really has made their attack much more dynamic. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that. Um, and I don't know if, if you think that maybe Juve could find the goal with Bostonia, with Pavardo, and and maybe it's a Cherby and, and two guys who are more reserves at this point in their careers and Darmian and DeVry playing that back three. Maybe you look at a, a Chiesa or somebody like that because if you think somebody like Chiesa can strike on the counter, he's at plus 350 right now. Yeah, and, and I, I was just checking to see if we had props for it, but you know, this also feels like a match where you, it could be a PK that decides it, mm. right? Um, and so if you're looking at like the PK takers, you know, Kalinoglu. who's going to be on them? Kalinoglu is is certainly up plus there at plus three thirty, so uh, that could also be pretty tempting as well. Um, you know, how often have we seen, especially in Italy, some of these big matches that that come down to uh, a PK yeah. that happens in the second half? So. Another thing to, to kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're kind of looking yeah. through what you want to wager on this weekend. Yeah, that's a great point. In a match like this, that can be so tight and maybe it could come down to one bad foul. Um, guys that take PKs, Nick's been saying this since we started recording the show. He always says it like when he would, before Georgina started missing every penalty kick for Italy, when he was like money and it, anytime Italy would draw a penalty, he would look at Georgina, Georgina not being a, a midfielder who scores a lot, but he would take all the penalties would have value, right? So there are value yeah. in some players like that. I'd also look at like goal or assist for a player like Chalinoglu when it comes out because he takes a lot of free kicks and whips balls in that could find someone's head. Um, he could be a guy. And he has the two because he could create on the dribble and maybe assist a, a Kane or a Vlaovic, whoever's in the center. So goal or assist props could be worthwhile to look at here. Um, they might have some value. So I would just keep an eye on those kind of things as well. But I, 
I was so tempted to take Inter in this one on the money line. At, um, but then I'm like, you know what? The way Allegri's teams approach this match, I'm like, I, I can't take that chance. I, I think it's very hard to separate these two, especially at the Allianz. I, I think that's my biggest um, problem picking a winner here. Yeah. So I think maybe we can wrap up. I'll, I'll kind of give you my strategy for this match. I think we're both in agreement that this will be tightly contested. I think it's going to be, yeah. you know, continuing that streak of, you know, goals at a premium. I don't see this being a three, four, five goal thriller by any means. I think that's probably more going to be a Liverpool City type of match. Yeah. So I'm looking at some of these parlays um, that you can do, you know, game parlays. Again, I like Juve in this. I think in, in a tightly contested match at home, I like them giving the edge. So if you want to take Juve double chance and under two and a half, that's actually plus 110. And wow. I think that basically covers all of your bases except for a one nothing interwin. So double chance and under, you said two and a half? Yep. Wow, plus that's solid. Yeah, because I this is not a match you expect three goals in. Um, and double chance, yeah, if you think Juve can at least maintain the draw at home and keep that unbeaten streak alive, which I, I think that's a solid bet. Yeah, I think double chance and, and under two and a half is a very solid bet at plus, plus 110. I think that's very um, – favorable number that you know that that's the kind of thing we talked about too right when we had uh, parked the bus on he, he finds these angles right like yep. he gave us that that uh ix minus three and a half corners or whatever it was like things like that which i to be honest i don't have the time to go looking for like giving up corners but like if you have the time to do it like that's where you find value in these bets and i think like one thing we've started to do more is parlay a, a team we like like in this in this case you know, that double chance. We think, oh, double chance got shot, but double chance, the number's not really good. But it's not going to be a high-scoring match, most likely. Like, you parlay with that over, um, rather, under two and a half. Or City, like we said before, you parlay with over a goal and a half because you're expecting goals in that match. I think that's how you can milk a little more value. Maybe it's like a third of a unit or a half of a unit more out of the books, and it really adds value to the bets. And um, it's something you still feel comfortable doing. Yeah, and, like, look, if if you end up getting, you know, screwed because you took – this and, and and Juve win three nothing, then yeah, so right. be it. Right. But you know, unless you're taking Juve money line, like you're not really missing out on much by by switching to this, anyways. So right, because you're never going to bet them double chance. I mean, double chance has probably got to be in the close right. to minus two hundred, right? So you, you it, it is, it, it's worth the shot. It's one of those things you can live with. Like that's what I'm looking at with that Liverpool team total. Like I could live with losing a bet like that when the number's that good. I, that's how I often approach those kind of bets. I like I know the odds are good for a reason. So you just have to be prepared. Like if you think it's a good bet, you just have to prepare to to lose it and and live with it if if, if it goes the wrong way. Yeah. All right. So we mentioned there's other great matches. We're not gonna have time to preview them here, but definitely lots of things we might have to talk about next time. Or you know, keep an eye on the Patreon page. We might have some props for those matches. And we will move into our locks of the week. Scotty, take us away. I probably spoiled one a little bit, but I'll let <laughs> yeah, you have we'll, at it now. I'll I'll start with the one that you spoiled. We kind of talked about it. And it's very similar to what I just talked about with the, the Juve double chance and under two and a half. Going back to Manchester City and Liverpool, I get why people think that there's a lot of good value on Liverpool. I don't begrudge you for taking Liverpool if that's really where you want to go. But what I've learned in the past month is that the books right now are, are rarely wrong with some of these trap lines. And I think Liverpool right now are a bit of a trap line. So Manchester money line, not a whole lot of juice in it. But when you parlay it with over one and a half, which I think is as much of a given in this match as anything, you actually get it to about minus 110. And, and that's a really good number for what feels like it has to be like a 90% chance of something that's that, of happening. Maybe 
Liverpool can pull it out and, and or maybe there's a last minute minute equalizer that kind of screws this. But as far as anything that you'll see in the Premier League this weekend, this is the best value that I can find. And and the thing that makes me feel the best about it is those props that we talked about. If they're really going to be setting these props, like we look at the Liverpool props, I think every week and we talk about how even some of these like secondary players like Ben Doak are usually like around plus 180. The fact that the, you know, shortest odds are, are Salah at plus 210. It just tells me that they really don't think that there's going to be maybe more than one Liverpool goal in this game. And and the, with the way that City's scoring, I just think it's going to be too much. I think this is going to be a City 3-1, maybe 2-1 win. All right, so I'll piggyback that with a, a pick that I talked myself into as we were recording. I did not originally have this on my list of picks. So if this doesn't hit and Milan Moneyline does hit, I'll be kicking myself because that was the pick I'm replacing. Uh, so I'm going Liverpool team total over one and a half at plus 155. Wasn't something I looked at before recording. And as we were you know, just talking about the lines, I talked myself into this one. Like I said, after what City did against Chelsea, conceding four, I, I'm trusting some of these hot Liverpool strikers, uh, attackers, and they're not all strikers, but attacking players to score a couple times, even if City gets the win. I... I and like I said before, if it doesn't hit, I can live with it. But at plus 155, there's just so much value. And considering the way City's played, I'm, I'm going to take a shot at it, plus 155. So Milan's going to win. Mark my words. Liverpool's going to score once, and and I'll lose you know, doubly. But I, I just yeah. I have to take this. Coach is about to get a, a crash course in Darwin Nunez where he's going to miss <laughs> at least one sitter for you that yeah, you're going to be texting me angrily at 8.45 in the morning on Saturday. Um, yeah. But he may also get you a you know twenty two yard screamer on a full sprint, so yeah, um, you'll get the full full Nunez experience. I'm excited for you. Um, all right, moving on to my second lock, I'm taking Arsenal money line at Brentford. It's minus one thirty. Uh, I'm taking this because as much as I love Arsenal and I do love Arsenal, I think that they are finding ways to win, and you know it, they're going to be the third team, I think, in England. I don't think they'll keep up with City and Liverpool, but I think they're going to be a clear third. Brentford have not looked good. Um, they got blown out by by Liverpool 3-0 before the break. Um, I know Visa and Wemo have been strong as an attacking duo, but you know Arsenal's defense is, is the real deal. You know, As much as we talk about City's Achilles heel being their defense, I think Arsenal's defense is very much the real deal. Saliba has been great. Um, Gabriel has been great. Uh, you know, the midfield bringing in uh, Declan Rice has, has certainly paid dividends for them. So I think, you know, I think Brentford will struggle to score in this one. Um, and, and Arsenal's attack, even though it's been relatively a, a revolving door of, of players at this point, they all seem to you know be able to do just enough to, to get, you know, the two or three goals that, that are needed. So whether it's some combination of Martinelli, who's been playing much better this season, um, Saka, who's been in and out with, with injuries, um, uh, Eddie and Kedia, who's had really, really high highs and, and had that hat trick uh, a couple weeks ago and, and then also had games where he's maybe been a little bit more invisible. I think some combination of that is going to be enough for them to get the two goals. I don't think they'll need three to win, but I could even see them getting another three against Brentford if, if Liverpool can. Yeah, I, I love Arsenal at minus 130. I think that's a solid number to, to get against a team like Brentford the way they're playing. So uh, that, that that's something I'm going to ride with you on for sure. Um this one, I'm going to go, and look, I'm going to preface this by saying heading into this week, I felt like there was so much value on teams. At the same time, I'm like second-guessing myself because there's too much value like like you talked about with Liverpool, Scott. 
Um, one of them is Newcastle hosting Chelsea. I'm taking that money line at plus 140. You know, could be a lot safer to take a draw no bet here or something like that. But I'm going to go with the money line on the bigger number. I just, I'm, I'm, it's just Chelsea started to pick things up after beating Spurs and drawing City, and all of a sudden they can score uh, eight goals in those two matches. Meanwhile, Newcastle lost to Bournemouth uh, prior to the break. So what does logic tell me? Bet Newcastle money line. So that's what I'm going to do. I feel like I feel like Nick talking right now. The way I'm, I'm talking myself into this bet, um, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Newcastle plus 140. I get themselves out of their funk um, at home. Uh, they're going to get the job done. Yeah. So I also like that. I'm going to kind of piggyback. Well, to be fair, you're piggybacking off of me because I had this pick first. But I'm taking the Newcastle team total over one and a half versus Chelsea at plus 125. I think the great news here for Newcastle fans and for me right now is that uh, Alexander Isak should be back and healthy. I think the, they were expecting him to be come, come back after break. I haven't seen anything that would indicate otherwise. So I think that's going to be a huge boost to their attack. That's obviously been struggling with injuries to Callum Wilson. Uh, I think Almiron has a, has a muscle strain as well. You know, from the midfield, Tonali being suspended, that's kind of been a little bit of a problem, but they've been able to overcome. And I think, you know, Isak getting injected back into the lineup is going to be a, a nice jolt for them. Chelsea's defense has been very meh this season. It, it's been okay in some points and then pretty bad in other points. The fact that they're relying on 38-year-old Thiago Silva to anchor it is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, credit to him. He he hasn't been bad per se, but it's just kind of telling of, of where Chelsea are of a club right now with all that the talent they bring in. They're still relying on their 38-year-old uh, center half to kind of anchor them. So I like Newcastle getting their team total over one and a half here. I think they can get two, especially at home. Shouldn't be too much. Yeah, so you and I are in sync there. If they're, if they're going to win, they're probably going to need to. So um, those bets kind of go hand in hand. Uh, for my last one, we go to the Bundesliga. And I'm going Eintracht Frankfurt uh, hosting Stuttgart. And I'm going with the draw line at plus 245. Eintracht has drawn 6 out of 12 this season. Stuttgart actually hasn't drawn at all this season. Uh, but between them, they've only got four combined losses. And something tells me to go draw line here. It's just like a gut feeling I have. I wanted to really go Stuttgart, look at their draw no better, even money line. But because that in Frankfurt and they're a team that is comfortable drawing matches and, and just kind of, you know, holding serve, so to speak, against teams that are, are around them in the table, it's just a gut feeling. But I see a scoring draw on the horizon. I don't see a 0-0 in any way, shape, or form. Maybe a 1-1, maybe a 2-2. Um, but something is just telling me to take this. And at plus 245, I'm going to take a shot at it. Could make up a lot of units for us quickly after a rough week, or it could just, you know, be another week that spirals out of control but there's something that's just telling me go with the draw so i'm going to do that at plus 245 i think uh i think the pod is is two and oh on draw lines so far something like plus four and a half units so uh yeah. let's keep that momentum going bless you scott and let's see <laughs> that leads us into nick's picks here <laughs> uh, i don't know if that's a, a sign of things to come here with nick's picks he he did drop us his three picks before uh, we started recording. So I'll give the first one. It is West Ham money line at plus 100. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid pick. They are it's playing they're playing Burnley, Burnley right? Burnley so it, yeah. it's as as good of a pick as we can get. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the relegation battle in the Premier League, how we haven't seen the three newly promoted clubs all get relegated the very following season um, since 1998, I believe. Um, and the current trio of, of Burnley, Luton Town, and Sheffield United are, are well on pace to just do that, yeah. even with Everton's 10-point deduction, which is crazy, right? Like, if you told me Everton getting a 10-point deduction, yeah. I would have written them off. I don't, with the way that these three clubs are playing, I don't see them really being 
you know, any danger to Everton. So getting money line, West Ham money line at plus 100 against one of those three, you know, you take your pick Burnley, Luton town or Sheffield. I think Burnley is actually in last place. So they are technically the worst of the bunch. It's a, as good of a, a value you'll find. Yeah. All right. His next one's got Man United draw no bet minus one twenty five. This is uh, at Everton, by the way. So I, I guess he's yeah. going with the angle that Everton is gonna be more downtrodden than United coming into this one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I get it. We, we we like to punch down on Everton in, in seasons past, but they are in a little bit of a, a you know winning vein of form right now. I think they've they've won three of their last five, drew one, so. Really, only one loss in their five, last five matches. Uh, not exactly the time to be betting against them, but listen, it's kind of a win-win in this case because if Manchester United do drop points to Everton, like it's you know just when they started to feel like they were turning things around, they they put a, put together a string of good results. A loss at Everton is, is just going to bring back all that negative energy that they've really yeah. been trying to run away from in the last couple of weeks. Either that or Nick's just trying to do Sarudia solid and, and just keep out <laughs> hyping, helping Everton. We've done that like three or four yeah, times. Yeah, we did say that. We, we have single-handedly kept yeah. Everton out of the relegation zone. So, All right. And then the last one, he is going with his own squad. Lazio Moneyline minus 135 uh, at Salernitana. Scott called him out in the group text on this one as he was sending us his picks. And he just said, basically, Salernitana hasn't won all season. Like, it, it, if Lazio doesn't win, then Maisadi uh out train will pick up full steam spacex style uh get ready on twitter lazio doesn't win basically is what he said so um honestly i think this is a solid bet minus 135 against the slurnitana side that isn't that good uh and you know i despise lazio um but you know when you pick your own team sometimes it backfires so we'll see where where it goes for nick there yeah to clarify i called out nick because if you guys ever are on twitter you'll see like the the meme that goes around where it's like hey tweet as if you know, you've been kidnapped, but they still let you tweet <laughs> and you need your followers to know that you've been kidnapped. And like Nick eating juice to take Lazio money line is that tweet. Like if Nick sent me that text, hey, lock this in, I would immediately be on the phone with, with you know, the, the first responders trying to figure out where Nick is and who has him because that is just so far outside of his character, especially this season that yeah. it uh, it concerned me. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I, I maybe he's trying to, buy his team some hope i don't know maybe he's trying to get on board because it, they didn't lose to roma i don't know but uh he's going with a minus 135 decent number and and when he says slurnitana has a one they legit have not won all season so uh it's not an exaggeration it's not hyperbole it is fact they have not won they do have five let's draws though so i was gonna say let the record know. show i'm taking draw line now because that's ripe for a draw now ripe for a draw yeah uh probably probably a zero zero draw if it happens too um all right so that brings us to the podlock podlock finally finally fell a couple weeks ago when we went with that over in germany probably with the only like zero zero in the history of german football but uh we are going to lecce draw no bet even money at hellas verona with our podlock scott you dug this one up hellas pretty much stink they've scored seven goals all season they have two wins on the season uh so we're liking lecce who's coming off a draw against milan Faded from their early season form, but, you know, they're playing Hellas. And I think that's where we're going with this one. Yeah, we love to fade Hellas Verona. I think uh, the lock, as much as anything, is is a fading of Hellas. Um, yeah, Lecce started off the season pretty strong. I think they were in European places up until, like, I don't know, how long did they make it? So at least a month or two, right? They, they, they made it probably 
five, six weeks into the season, at least be in the top seven, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they certainly came out firing, have certainly dropped off since then, but a draw, no bet here at, at plus 100 and, you know, getting that protection on a, on a draw, if they do have a little bit of a disappointing result, I think it's, it still represents a, a, a pretty good wager. And um, yeah, it, I think I, I would fully expect Lecce to get the result here. Um, we're just giving ourselves a little cover. Should things go awry towards the back half of the game? Yeah. And I could easily see this being a, a low scoring match too. neither side scores a whole lot. Um, defenses are pretty decent for, for clubs in their position in the bottom half of the table. Um, both have conceded 16 times in 12. So it could be one of those one nothing, one one type matches. Uh, and if Lecce could get one and then hold out against a, a Hella side, like I said, that has only scored seven times, uh, Lecce could, could probably cruise uh, if they get the first goal. So that, that's where we're going with this one. Worst comes worst, you get the draw, you get the push, and, and, and you just take your money back and put it somewhere else. That's right. All right. So uh, if you're stateside listening to us, have a happy Thanksgiving if you listen beforehand. If, if you're listening after the fact, then you're just getting ready for the weekend, maybe on like Friday or something. Uh, enjoy the rest of the long weekend here in the States. If you're listening in other parts of the world, we are thankful for you guys tuning in. And uh, we're going to get back. Uh, we've been a little slow on the Patreon props. We'll get back to it this week. We have a little bit of extra time to, to really cook some stuff up. Scott, um, tell, tell everything else we've been we've been doing. What else we, we should be looking out for? Yeah, make sure if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, um, give us a little subscription there. Um, we get these videos up so you can see our faces as we try to break down uh, the biggest matchups of the week and try to make you guys some money in our, our locks. Until next week, we'll uh, see you guys then.